scripture today is Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9, and I'm going to read today from the New Living Translation. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate it on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. All right, good morning. I'm excited to be with you guys this morning, and I'm really excited to get to kick off this series that we're doing. I think it's a fun opportunity for us to kind of cheerlead to you how awesome VBS is. So I want to start before we get into the text. I just want to say I really believe that our Vacation Bible School is one of the best things that our church does. Paul Martin, our children's pastor, does a fantastic job with a lot of key volunteers. It is a great environment. If you have a child from early childhood to fifth grade, uh, we want you to sign up for that. Uh, it's something I really believe you're missing out on if you're not a part of. It is a week uh, that is geared entirely towards teaching your children about the Word of God. It is awesome. So if your child is not signed up, you will have the opportunity in the coming weeks to do that. Uh, we would also ask that if you're somebody who enjoys being around kids, I would encourage you to get involved with VBS as a volunteer. Uh, there are some of you out there who are great with kids or great with crafts or leading games or leading songs or teaching. Uh, we can use your help. Uh, in VBS, please, I encourage you to get involved with that. And if you're like, hey, I'm not good at kids or any of those things, I've got good news. At VBS, we make a big mess. So if you're really good at picking up trash, there's even a role for you there too. There's tons of ways to get involved. I would encourage you, please, uh, talk to Paul uh, about how you can do that. Uh, one way that you can do that today is, uh, you might have noticed the giant t-shirt out in the foyer on the, the window back there. On that, you will see a uh, hundred post-it notes, uh, and each one has a number, one through a hundred. And if you go back there uh, and you take off one of those post-it notes, you have the opportunity to donate to our t-shirt fund uh, for VBS. So if you go and take off 
the number five, you are committing to paying five dollars uh, towards our VBS t-shirt fund. So I would ask after service uh, that you would be willing to go do that. Again, that's in the foyer against that back window. Uh, another way that you can get involved in community with our church outside of Vacation Bible School, uh, today you will notice that we have poster boards on either side of the room. Uh, these are for our students going to CIY Move. CIY Move is an awesome week uh, coming up July 9th through 15th where our high school students uh, get to go to Cleveland, Tennessee, and they spend a week uh, just hearing the Word of God, worshiping with other high schoolers all around the country. It is awesome, and lives are truly changed during that time. But we need your help. We want you guys to be praying for our students uh, before the trip, like the weeks leading up to it, uh, during the trip, while we're out there, but also even after the trip as well. So after the message, uh, you will have an opportunity to go to either one of these sides of the room. Uh, You will see in one column there will be the name of a student, and next to it there will be a blank column. If you would take a marker and you would write your name next to that student's name, you are committing to praying for that student in the coming weeks. Uh, And when you go up there on the gray tables, you'll see this card. Uh, and it says, I commit to praying for, and there's a blank. So if you would, if you sign up for a student, if you would take this card and you would write their name down, you can take this with you, put it on your mirror, on your fridge, uh, anywhere that you will be reminded to pray for that student. Uh, it has different things you can be praying for uh, during the week. Uh, but we also want you to know that if you do that, we would ask that you would commit to something else as well. Uh, we leave Sunday, July 9th to go on this trip. Uh, if you sign up to pray for one of our students or our adult leaders that are going, Uh, I would ask that you would be willing to show up to the 11 a.m. service that Sunday on July 9th because then you can come up and we'll have a time for you to actually get to pray for the student you signed up for, uh, which will be a cool moment for you, but also for them to know that there's somebody here who's praying for them. So we would invite you guys after this service to sign up for that. You can sign up for more than one student. Uh, Multiple people can sign up for one student. We would ask that you really be proactive in partnering with us in that way. It's going to be an awesome week. Uh, With that, parents, if you are in the room right now and you have a student going to CIY, quick reminder, we have a meeting today at 3 p.m. in the church gym. Uh, So if you would be there for that. But everyone else, after this message, if you would be willing to go sign up for a student and take one of these cards, uh, we would really appreciate your partnership in that because it's a cool thing. Uh, Today, I get to tell you guys a story uh, about crossing a river, okay? Uh, Has anybody here ever crossed a river? I know that sounds really metaphorical. We'll get to that later. Uh, But literally, have you ever crossed a river before? Uh, I got to, okay, we have a few people in there. I once got to cross a river. Uh, I went on this trip uh, in March of 2016. It's called the Wilderness Challenge, and it was a ton of fun. I did this actually for school credit. I was finishing up my last semester of college. Uh, We went out to the wilderness of Eminence, Missouri, And we spent 10 days in the woods, uh, on the river, canoeing down, hiking through the woods with backpacks. It was a great time to be out in nature, sleep under the stars, uh, forsake toilet paper. It was everything that you could want uh, in a wilderness trip. Uh, And the goal of every day was to get from where we started to our next destination. So what I mean by that is every morning our guides would appoint two navigators. And so they would take the navigators aside in the morning and they'd lay the map down on the ground, and they say, we're here right now. We're in this spot. By the end of the day, we expect you to get us here, and they'd point somewhere else on the map. So it was our job to take our compasses and our map and try to navigate our team to the next destination. There were some days we got there pretty early, so spirits were high. We had plenty plenty of time to set up camp, uh, build a fire, and eat some food. Uh, But there was one night we didn't get to our spot till 2 in the morning. It was miserable. I was tired. I was sore. I smelled bad. I hadn't showered in days. 
Uh, but one day, we got to this river, and it was wide. It wasn't just like a little creek. It was this really wide river, and I don't want to embellish, uh, but the current was really, really strong, and the water came up to around here on me, and I'm a pretty big dude. Uh, so it was, it was pretty deep to be crossing at that point. So we all get to this river, and we're kind of dismayed. We look down this way, we look down that way, and we say, uh, well, is there an easy way around it? Like, is there a shallow place we can cross through? Surely there's got to be something. I think our guides knew what we were thinking because they're saying, this is where we're going to cross, right here. And we said, oh, come on, you've got to be kidding me. And they said, uh, no, yeah, here, we'll show you how to cross the river, okay? It's going to be great, although you should know that sometimes we have people out here who have lost their footing, and the current just sweeps them away down the river. It takes forever to find them. I said, those are things you tell us after we've already made it across, you know. Uh, but we get into the water, and they said, Ian, uh, you, you look really sturdy, uh, which is a nice way of saying, Ian, you're clearly the heaviest one in the group. Uh, and so they put me up in front. So I get in the water, and I'm facing the current as it's coming towards us. And then I have uh, a person on either side of me, a little bit behind me, and then they each have a person behind them, and we make like this triangle formation facing the current, okay? And so our job was to move in synchronization. I was supposed to yell, right. Left, right, left, and we would slowly make our way across this river. Uh, before we started, one of the guys handed me a stick kind of like this. He said, here, take this stick. It's going to help you cross the river. I said, well, how is this going to help me? And he said, what you're going to do is you're going to take that stick, and every time you take a step, you're going to plant that into the water. You're going to dig that into the riverbed, and the stick will take the brunt of the current and it'll split it aside so that while you'll still feel some pressure, most of the current is going to be taken by the stick and it'll split it off. And I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So we took that and so we go right, left, and I dig it in. Right, left, dig it in. And that stick, believe it or not, would actually part uh, the brunt of that current. And it took a long time and it was still difficult and moments uh, were still pretty frightening. But ultimately, we made it across the river. You know, it takes courage to cross a river, okay? Uh, We all, at some point in our lives, we've got some kind of river that we're just going to have to cross. uh, And we need to take courage in those moments. Courage is kind of what I get to talk to you guys about today. Uh, And there are many definitions. In fact, uh, if I were to ask every person in this room, tell me in your own words what courage is, uh, you would probably all come up with something a little different, but we'd all probably be pretty close on the mark. Uh, If you look in your notes, there is a G.K. Chesterton quote on courage, that's pretty great. I would encourage you to check that out. Uh, but there's also some other good ones. C.S. Lewis says, uh, courage isn't so much a virtue as it is every virtue at its testing point. That's pretty good. Another great philosopher, the Duke John Wayne, says, courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyways. I think I might like that one even better. I asked another uh, number of my high school students at, at camp, uh, what do you think of when you say courage? And I was impressed by their answers. They said things like, Courage is, is knowing what's right and being convicted to do it. Uh, or courage is knowing what you've got to do, even if he scares you, and just sucking it up. Uh, somebody, I think, said courage is when everybody else is doing something different, but you do what God wants you to do. So great answers. Um, we've got to take courage in our lives because we've got some rivers we've got to cross. Um, and so if we can have, oh, it's, it's right there for our purposes today. My definition of courage is this. Uh, courage is full confidence in God's constant presence. God is always with us, and that's something that we know, but we don't always realize. Uh, And nobody needed to know this more than a guy named Joshua. That's who we're going to talk about today. So if you have your Bibles, we'll be in some of Joshua 1 and then some of Joshua 3 as well. I would encourage you to go ahead and turn there. Joshua is a man who, up until this point, has been living in the shadows. He has been living in the shadows of a guy who, in Israel's history, 
was a mountain of a man. You've probably heard of Moses. Moses, the one who parted the waters of the Red Sea. Moses, who led his people out of Egyptian bondage. Moses, who has the Ten Commandments. Moses, of the shining face when he comes down Mount Sinai after being in the presence of God. Moses was a big deal. And sure, the people of Israel would sometimes whine to him, or they would complain, or they would doubt him. But ultimately, everybody knew that Moses, Moses was a pretty big deal. And for the longest time, Joshua is... Moses is number two, second in command. It's a pretty good thing to be. The first time we see Joshua in Scripture is Exodus chapter 17. Uh, Israel is wandering through the wilderness, and they are about to go into battle against the people of Amalek. Okay? And to fight the Amalekites, Moses appoints Joshua to lead his people into battle. Now, I'm sure Joshua is excited and fired up to get to bring glory to God. He's ready to roll. He's been waiting for this moment. Uh, But if you read that story, Joshua is not the one that we focus on. Some of you guys might be familiar with that battle. Uh, Scripture tells us in that chapter that uh, during the battle, Moses found a high vantage point. uh, And he would raise up his arms. And every time Moses held up his arms, Joshua and the people of Israel would overcome the enemy. But when he put them down, the Amalekites would begin to prevail. So it, became, it got to the point where Moses had a guy on either side of him holding up his arms uh, to keep his arms raised so that Joshua could ultimately win the victory. So while Joshua crushes the Amalekites, Joshua is not the real hero of the story. And, you know, I picture him down there, no doubt, fighting valiantly, barking out orders, being up there on the front line, swinging his sword. But I would guess that in little moments, he would risk a glance over his shoulder to make sure Moses is still up there. Can you imagine the the sigh of relief out there on the battlefield when soldiers of Israel look back up and they say, oh, Moses is still there. Moses has got his hands up. We're okay. We've got Moses. We're fine. Well, in Joshua chapter 1, Moses is gone. And he is gone for good. And so it's time for somebody else to take the reins. It's time for somebody else to take courage and understand that God is there. So that's where we have our text. Uh, In Joshua chapter 1, God wastes no time. Verse 1, it says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore arise, go over the Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. God tells them to go cross a river. And if I'm Joshua, I'm probably pretty nervous because Moses, those are some pretty big sandals to fill. Okay, and Joshua, sure, he's been, you know, preparing for this moment, but when it hits him, it's probably bigger than he realized. You know, we all, we all have this fear of being compared to the people who went before us. You know, maybe in the workplace, you've filled a position that was formerly filled by somebody else who was really good at their job, and you worry, how am I being compared to that person? It's kind of like going to the Chicago Bulls to play for them and being handed the number 23 jersey. It's like, no, that's Michael Jordan's number. Don't give me that. I don't want people comparing me to the greatest of all time. That's Joshua's situation right here. He's been handed the 23 jersey. He's been said, hey, go, go be Moses. We need you to go be Moses. And Joshua, he's, he's looking to God and he's saying, okay, we're going to be fine, God. As long as you don't make me do any of the things that Moses did, we'll be okay. And God said, first thing, I want you to go cross a body of water. And Moses said, oh, man. That reminds us, of course, of Exodus 14 when the Israelites cross uh, the Red Sea to escape the Egyptians. Uh, Joshua is immediately put into a position where he has no choice but to be brave and trust in God. But the good news is when we take courage, we understand that we have full confidence in God's constant presence. I want to skip down a little bit. Um, It says this in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. 
Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but rather you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will uh, have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We love Joshua 1.9. In fact, we're talking about VBS. That's, that's where I first learned that verse. There was a little song and a dance we did. I'm not going to do it here because I, I don't have the courage to do that, okay? Uh, but we love that verse. It's encouraging. And sometimes we focus a little too much on the what of that verse, which is be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or discouraged. But we've got to focus a little bit more on the why. Well, okay, why should I be strong and courageous? Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that leads us to our first point I want to make, which is this. There is nowhere you can go where God is not. There's nowhere. There's nowhere in this earth you cannot outrun God. You cannot hide from God. You cannot slip out of his reach. Anywhere you go, God is there too. Uh, One of my favorite passages in Psalms is Psalm 139, 7 through 10. It says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Maybe an even better way of putting it is that God is everything we need everywhere we are. Uh, One of the ways I'm opposite of my wife, Bethany, well, we're opposite in a lot of ways, which is probably a good thing, but Bethany loves to prepare. She does not like to be caught off guard, so if we go on a trip or a vacation, she was always fully prepared. I wish I was more like her in that way, but I am not. So if you get a headache on our trip, Bethany's got the ibuprofen. If you're hungry, don't worry, she packed a few granola bars. If you ate the granola bar and now you're thirsty, don't worry, she brought a bottle of water. Bethany's always prepared. Anywhere I go with her, I know that anything I need from her, she's going to be able to give to me. And this is even more true with God that anywhere we go, it doesn't matter if we're here in Fort Scott, Kansas, if we're in some other country, if we're doing mission work, or we're just doing the work around here of a normal vocation, God can give us everything we need right where we're at. There is not a place you can go where God will not be. And that's encouraging, isn't it? It's encouraging to know that we are in the presence of our Father. And it reminds me of a time when I was little. I was growing up in a house in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. I lived there like the first seven years of my life. And when I was a little boy in my bedroom, uh, there's this dark spot in the corner of my ceiling. I think the, the issue was it was just painted over a little more than the rest of the ceiling. So when you, you can obviously tell a difference when the light's on. But even when the lights are off, you notice like this dark part in the corner. Man, that scared me so much when I was little. I thought that was some monster sitting up in the corner of my ceiling. And once my parents left, it was going to come down and eat me. This was like a nightly thing. So my parents would tuck me in, they'd kiss me goodnight, they'd turn the lights off, and the minute they shut the door, I would start crying, screaming, shouting, anything to get their attention. And so often, multiple times in the night, my dad would finally come in and he'd say, son, you don't have to be afraid, I'm right here, it's okay, calm down, I'm right here. And he would do that again and again, again, sometimes multiple times, I was pretty persistent. And every time my dad came in, my fear immediately vanished. Important thing to remember is this, it's not that the object of my fear had all of a sudden disappeared, it was still very much there, but I was now in the presence of my father, and that comforted me. So that leads me to another point we've got to make, which is this, the presence of God doesn't always mean the absence of danger. 
And I don't know if we face that truth all the time, but it is very true. The presence of God doesn't necessarily mean that things are going to be completely safe. Jesus never meant to make it sound like following him was going to be the comfortable thing to do. He said some pretty amazing things. Anyone who wants to find his life needs to lose it. If you want to be my disciple, pick up your cross and follow me. The foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man, he has no place to lay his head. Jesus never wanted to create the illusion that following him was going to be easy. In fact, there are some parts of the world where people are losing their life because of their faith. Sometimes following God is dangerous. Uh, I think of Richard Wormbrand. You might have heard of him. He's a great man of faith uh, who did missions work to several countries and uh, in multiple circumstances was put in prison for several years at a time. Uh, And in some instances, he was tortured and persecuted over the course of all those years. By the grace of God, he was finally released from that situation. But he wrote several books about his experiences. And this is a quote that I love from Richard Richard Wormbrand. It says this, I tremble because of the sufferings of those persecuted in different lands. I tremble thinking about the eternal destiny of their torturers. I tremble for Western Christians who don't help their persecuted brethren. In the depth of my heart, I would like to keep the beauty of my own vineyard and not be involved in such a huge fight. I would like so much to be somewhere in quietness and rest. But it is not possible. The quietness and rest for which I long would be an escape from reality and dangerous for my soul. The West sleeps and must be awakened to see the plight of the captive nations. And you know, I I look at the church here in America and we're very blessed, but sometimes I wonder, maybe the thing we need is a little bit of danger. Maybe the thing we need is an opportunity to show our courage, to show our full confidence that God is always with us, that he is always present. Sometimes we need to do a better job of crossing our rivers. And, you know, it's hard because we think, well, I I live in Kansas, you know, everybody's friendly here. You know, I don't really know what to do. How can I be in danger? Everybody here goes to church. You know, it's, it's almost weird if you live here and you don't go to church. What can I do to put my life in danger? I try to be a good Christian. I try to serve him. What can I do? And I, you know, I don't really have the answer to that. I can't tell you what God has planned for your life. But I would say this, maybe the first step towards living more dangerously for Jesus is just being willing to get a little uncomfortable. Maybe for you, crossing your river is crossing your front lawn to go talk to your neighbor who doesn't believe in Jesus. And you fear the awkwardness of that conversation or you fear the loss of that relationship. But you know, at some point, somebody's got to do it and why not you? Maybe that's your moment to show full confidence that God is constantly present in your life. And an important thing we forget is this, that God, not only is he constantly with us, but he goes before us in that danger. If you go over to Joshua chapter 3, It says this in verse 3, the Lord is commanding Joshua on what to do. And he says, uh, command the people, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. The Ark of the Covenant, if you're not familiar with this, it was this item that was created as a representation of the covenant that God made uh, with Israel. It literally represented God's presence with those people. They carry it around and be reminded that God is always with them. As they're getting ready to cross this scary, rushing, roaring river, God says, I want the Ark to go first. And you follow behind it. And don't get ahead of it because you are going somewhere you've never been before. And to face the fear in our life, to face the rivers that we have to cross, we have to sometimes be willing to go into unfamiliar territory. Well, I'm not used to witnessing to my neighbors. That's weird. 
I'm not used to giving up my weekend to serve somebody in need. That's, that's a little strange to me. But if God goes before you, it doesn't matter how unfamiliar that territory is, you remind yourself that he is there with you and he is there before you. And that's an encouraging thought. Uh, my encouragement to you guys, uh, how, how can we live more uncomfortably uh, in a specific sense? Uh, in our church right now, I really believe that there are talents uh, in these chairs right now, talents that can be implemented in the ministry of this church. Uh, we talked about getting involved in VBS, but you know, some of you guys are fantastic with children. Um, have you considered talking to Paul about getting involved in children's ministry? Some of you, believe it or not, are actually good with teenagers, Please come have a conversation with me about how we can get you involved with our youth in some way. Some of you guys might have worship uh, musical talent. Some of you guys might just be willing to do anything around the church, whether that be yard work or just helping with some of our events. I don't know, but I would encourage you, uh, if, if you're wanting to live more uncomfortably, get involved uh, in this church right now doing ministry. Um, that's not simply to convict you. That's to encourage you that you are capable of far more than you realize because you have a God who not only is with you, but goes before you. And that's pretty special. Uh, There's another quote here by Martin Luther. I love this. It gets me fired up. He says this, If the devil were wise enough and would stand by in silence and just let the gospel be preached, he would probably suffer less harm. For when there is no battle for the gospel, it rusts and finds no cause and no occasion to show its vigor and power. Therefore, nothing better can befall the gospel than that the world should fight it with force and cunning. If you want to know the safest thing for you and the safest thing for the gospel, it's that you need to become uncomfortable. You need to be willing to face danger and cross your river for the sake of the kingdom of God. Be willing to cross that river. Take courage because God is with us. And that doesn't mean that there's no danger. But it does mean this, uh, and that goes to my next point. Uh, If we have the presence of God, the presence of God does mean that we will overcome. I meant to mention this story earlier. I I love this, though. This is in Acts uh, chapter 14. Uh, It's it's almost comical to me from the safety of of my desk as I read this story. But uh, it says this in verse 19. Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing he was dead. But when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went back into the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel in that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Paul knew that it wasn't going to be easy. We have this man who has just been pelted with stones half to death and the disciples even think he is dead and he gets up and he walks right back into the city where he had just been stoned. That's a man who knows that because of the presence of God, he can overcome anything, no matter what happens. And that's true for us as well. We can overcome anything in this life because of God's presence. Yes, it's going to be dangerous. Yes, it's rarely going to be easy. It might not always be enjoyable, but because of another Yeshua, we can do that. Now, I haven't really mentioned the name Yeshua yet, but you might be familiar with this. Joshua, that's the Hebrew version of his name is Yeshua. Uh, But he's not the only Yeshua in Scripture. I want to talk about this other one now. His name's Jesus. Jesus, of course, uh, being the Greek version of that name. Um, The first Yeshua led a specific group of people into a temporary promised land. But the second Yeshua would open up eternal life for everybody if they should accept it. Uh, So here's why we should overcome. I've got this uh, cross on stage right here. And my uh, my favorite imagery of Jesus opening up that door for us to enter into eternal life is in Matthew chapter 27. 
at this point, Jesus has already been asked to cross a lot of scary rivers. And this one is the biggest of them all. And early on, we see Jesus in the garden falling to his knees and saying, Father, if you can take this cup, please, let, let it be done. If you can get rid of the cross, if there's another way, please, let that be done. But God, if this is your will, then I'm willing to cross that river. And in Matthew 27, we see Jesus on the cross uh, being crucified. Uh, and it says, um, sorry, it says here in verse uh, 45, it says, Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You go down a little bit here to verse 50. It says, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were also opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs uh, after his resurrection, they went into the city and appeared to many. And when the centurion and those who were with him came and watched over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. This is, of, of all the resurrection imagery we have, this is my favorite. The curtain being torn in two. Do you understand what that means? The curtain uh, in the temple, it separated the holy place from the most holy place. The most holy place was not a place you could just walk into at any given time. Uh, one man, once a year, and that would be the high priest, he got to enter into this section of the temple. This was where uh, the presence of God was to dwell. So one man, once a year, on behalf of everybody else, was able to enter that most holy place. And when Yeshua gave up his spirit on the cross, that curtain was torn completely from top to bottom. And that's God's way of saying there is now no separation. And in Galatians it says there's no longer Jew nor Greek, nor is there slave nor free, nor is there male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. Jesus is saying now everybody can cross this river, okay? You want to know the best way to cross a river? is a cross. And I know that's kind of corny, but it's the truth. So that when we're trying to get past this river of life and there's all these fears and, and the sin is so strong and all these things that are knocking us down, it's so strong, the cross stands in the way and it takes the brunt of that current. So that, yes, things will still be difficult and we'll still have to overcome fears and we'll still have to take courage. But because of this cross, we can cross. And that's pretty special. Now listen, Full disclosure here, there's no secret that right now our church is probably in a situation where we've got a pretty big river to cross. Uh, there is a time of transition and a time of hurt and confusion and, and uh, being unsure of, of what direction we're going. And here's what I want to say just from one person to the rest of this amazing congregation is this. Uh, we can take courage uh, with Community Christian and, and the hands that it is in, not because of great leadership, not because of great programs or an awesome worship service. We can take courage and know that this church can overcome because of this right here. Don't put your faith in leaders. Don't put your faith in servants, though we have great leaders and we have great servants. Don't put your faith in great programs, though we do have great programs. Don't put your faith in this worship service. We can overcome because Jesus Christ is alive. You can go talk to that neighbor who doesn't know Jesus and you can overcome that fear because Jesus Christ is alive. There are people being persecuted in their faith in other countries and they can overcome that because Jesus Christ is alive. There is nothing else. And I want you guys to know this. The same God that was with Moses and did all the amazing things through him, the same God that was with Joshua. In fact, he says there in Joshua 3, I'm going to do this to exalt you just as I exalted my servant Moses. So please do not put your faith in people. Do not put your faith in programs or anything like that. Put your faith in 
in the resurrection of Jesus because when we cling to that and we realize that God is constantly present with us, then we can take courage. So I would encourage you guys to take that heart. Jesus says in John 16, 33, uh, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you're going to receive trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. And he did that with this. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, there's nowhere we can go where God is not. There's no danger we can face that we can't overcome. Because of the resurrection, we know that we can have full confidence in God's constant presence. Let's go cross some rivers. Pray with me. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for um, putting us in situations where, to be honest, we're, we're not really sure we can handle it. Lord, thank you so much for putting us in situations where we have no choice but to rely on you. And God, I pray for every person in this room, uh, both individually and this church as a congregation, congregation, that we would learn what it means to take heart in your presence, to not be afraid of the things of this world, but to know that you are constantly with us. God, let us look like a church who is willing to risk everything because Jesus Christ is alive. Thank you for your cross that helps us to overcome. It's in your name that I pray. Amen.